The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 294 of the podcast. Unless you're joining live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you want to catch the show live, make sure you subscribe on one or all of those channels. Turn on your notifications. That way, those platforms can let you know when the show is going live, like right now. Today is Monday. September the 26th. Um, been a little bit busy lately. If you can't tell by back-to-back uh, Monday shows. Usually I like to uh, knock this thing out on Sundays, but uh, just got a lot going on. Here in Florida, we are patiently awaiting the arrival of Hurricane Ian which is projected to be, I believe, a Category 3 hurricane, tropical storm. A little uh, intimidating, can be. Uh, Exciting. A lot of things to do, a lot of things to take care of. Been, uh, you know, batting down the hatches, as they say, down here in the south. Putting up the hurricane shutters and making sure we have groceries and water and all that stuff. Make sure everybody's taken care of. Um, I, I did not grow up with hurricanes. Uh, as most of you know, I was born and raised in New York state where we didn't have a whole lot of hurricanes. We did have a tropical storm Sandy at one point, which was like a step below a hurricane was still pretty bad. I was a firefighter in New York at that time. That was a, an interesting time. Very interesting. Um, I saw a tree cut a house in half during that storm. Just a forewarning. There's not going to be a whole lot of MMA talk on this show. Um, there's not a whole lot going on. You know, we got a fight night coming up next week. I'll talk about Bellator a little bit, but I got hurricanes on the brain, folks. So that's what we're going to get into. So Tropical Storm Sandy, which was, I want to say like 10 years ago now. Um, I, I was a volunteer firefighter. And uh, I did a shift overnight at the firehouse uh, because of the storm. There was a lot of calls, you know, a lot of people uh, stuck in trouble, that sort of thing. Um, And one call I went on was a tree fell on a house, two-story house, and cut it clean in half. It was like a big oak tree or something. So... 
my job was to go into this house because they had left their cat inside and um you know they wanted they wanted their cat but uh it was too dangerous to uh, to let them re-enter the house after it had been cut in half by the tree so myself and a couple other firefighters went inside we found the cat retrieved it and and brought it back out to the people they were very grateful very uh very nice and um that's what i tell people that's the story I tell people if they ask me if I ever saved a cat from a tree. I mean, technically, I did. I mean, the danger that was facing the cat was, in fact, a tree. Um, the cat wasn't stuck in a tree, but it was stuck in a house that was cut in half by a tree. So I count it personally. I put it on my resume. So there's that. The last experience I had with a hurricane was Hurricane Irma here in Florida, and that was five years ago. I'm usually terrible with dates and times and when things happen, but I know it was exactly five years ago because my wife was pregnant with my daughter, who will be five years old in January. So for that storm, we decided to evacuate. Um, and head over to the East Coast because that hurricane was supposed to hit the East Coast and at the last minute it swerved and started coming up the West Coast of Florida where we live here right outside of Tampa. Um, so we hightailed it out of here and, um, you know, it was still a pretty bad storm even, even on the other coast. You're only getting a few hundred miles away. Um, and this, this incoming hurricane is they're saying 500 miles wide, which is pretty crazy. But I'm going to tell you guys a story about Hurricane Irma. That's one of my favorite stories that ever happened to me in my life. Uh, so at the time, uh, we had just moved uh, from a condo near the beach, uh, near Clearwater Beach. And um, still had some things down there. I went down there to check on some things and uh, make sure that everything was locked up tight before the hurricane hit. And I went to check on a neighbor. His name's Kenny. Older dude. Uh, he was in his 70s or so. UFC fan. I used to go uh, over to his apartment and, and watch the UFC fights at the time when we were living down there. <laughs> I just thought I would check in on him, see if he needed anything. Mind you, at this time, almost everybody's gone. Nobody wants to be near the beach because the hurricane's coming. It's the last place you want to be. But Kenny's like one of these dudes that you see on the news that just doesn't leave. Uh, so I went and knocked on his door, and um, you wouldn't even think anything was going on. He was so calm. And I said, hey, Kenny, I just wanted to check in on you, make sure you're okay if you need anything. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Do you have water? Oh, well, the neighbor's got a case of water. Um, you know, he said I could go in there if I want and grab a couple bottles. So I'll, I'll be good. <laughs> I said, all right, well, you got food? 
He says, oh, yeah, I got a big old sub sandwich I'm going to eat later. <laughs> Not even realizing the fact that I was asking if he had food saved up like for a few days in case anybody couldn't get to him so he could eat. Oh, yeah, I got a big old sub sandwich I'm going to eat later. All right, so let that one go. Now, just for context, uh, the area is supposed to be evacuated. So what that means is, obviously, they can't make you leave your home. But if you choose not to leave and you get in some trouble, they don't have to come rescue you is what happens with the mandatory evacuation. So you, you're not necessarily forced to leave your home, but no, nobody's coming in there to get you. If, if you're in some trouble, if you're underwater. So covered the water, covered the food. And I said, Kenny, aren't you worried at all that it's not safe over here? And he says, oh, yeah, well, I got a whole shitload of cash and a nine millimeter, so I'm not worried. <laughs> he was more worried about getting robbed and holding on to his cash than he was about this hurricane. I was like, what are you going to do? Bribe the hurricane and then shoot it to death? <laughs> and of course, needless to say, he was fine. Nothing happened. He's right on the beach, right on the water. Um, uh, his, his condo faced the beach and, and was totally fine. My theory with these things is the people who always go the craziest preparing are always the ones that end up with damage and stuff. And it's the people who don't appear to prepare at all that are always fine. Like I went to the gas station today to make sure I had gas in my car in case it gets to the point where I do need to get my family out of here. Uh, and, and we need to, you know, head to the East coast or, or head up North or, or, you know, get out of here. I want to make sure I had a full tank of gas. And some people are scrambling for supplies, you know, water and batteries and flashlights and stuff like that. And I see this guy walking out of uh, the gas station. He's got like a giant fountain soda. And he's just like polishing off a hot dog, gas station hot dog. And I looked at him and I was like, that guy's not preparing at all. So it's pretty much a guarantee he's going to be fucking fine. Like, there's not a thing that's going to happen to that guy. He's probably living in a house that's on cinder blocks. Um, it, you know, the screens are half falling off. And who knows? I don't, I don't want to make generalizations, but he's going to be fine. Like, nothing's going to happen to that guy. But the guy who's at Lowe's buying up all the plywood and going home and boarding up every single window and has 15 cases of water. Like that's the guy, something like half his house is going to sink. You know, I, I just feel like that's the way these things go. Like the people who are the most worried about it are the people who end up with the worst result. Let me know if you guys have any personal experience with this and with hurricanes in general or 
any kind of storm preparedness. And what I found is the people who are local to here, the people who grew up here, none of them are concerned. If you watch the news, even if you don't live in Florida, if you watch the news, my parents were watching the news up in New York, you would think the world is ending. They're like, oh, your house is going to collapse. You're going to be underwater. Um, you have to learn how to breathe underwater. You have to become Aquaman. Um, but the people who grew up here are like, ah, oh, it'll probably miss us. It'll probably just like, it'll scoot right around and go hit Texas or something. And they're just not concerned at all. They're like, ah, I've been here for however many years, 50 years I've been here. Hurricane never bothered us. So I, I tend to try and listen to those people instead of trying to listen to the media who like anything else, um, you know, they're trying to get clicks, you know, Click here for the top five ways to learn how to breathe underwater in preparation for Hurricane Ian. You know, it's shit like that. Um, and and that's all they care about. They don't actually care about people, like, being safe. Uh, which, rest assured, that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, granted, you know, I might be enjoying a few more drinks during the week than, than normal. Typically don't. Don't drink during the week, but hey, there's a hurricane coming. I need to calm my nerves. So cheers to all you folks out there. I hope everyone in this area is being safe um, and everyone elsewhere is being safe, you know, without a hurricane to worry about. But yeah, I'm not used to this. Not used to this. Growing up in New York, we didn't really have to worry about this, but, you know, we had a different set of problems we would have blizzards and have blackouts from the blizzards and stuff but here <clears throat> here uh, the, my biggest concern if the power goes out is not having air conditioning because even though it's fall it's still like damn near 90 degrees here in florida and i don't do well with the heat i gotta have the air conditioning on pretty much like 10 months out of the year down here so that's gonna be my biggest issue uh, but what else? Schools are closed for the rest of the week. So that means, uh, whether the storm hits us or not, my daughter's going to be home for the next four days, uh, possibly without electricity. So she'll be driving me nuts. Absolutely nuts. Speaking of my daughter, I took her on Saturday for the first time to Disney World, uh, by myself, you know, usually, you guys know the, the wife and I have annual passes and we take the kiddo out there uh, pretty frequently. Don't go during the summer at all because it's brutally hot and um, it's just unbearable. Wouldn't want to be in a big crowd of people in that heat. Very unpleasant. But um, the wife had a lot of stuff to do on Saturday and then had a birthday party with some of her girlfriends. So I decided, um, what the heck, I'll just drive out there. It's like an hour and 20 minutes from where we live here. I'll drive the kiddo out there. We'll hit some rides and we'll come back. Uh, and wound up being awesome. It wasn't that crowded. Um, so we got to hit every single ride that she wanted to do, maybe like 11 or 12 rides. And then um, hightailed it out of there. And it was a good time. We had a great day. Had some, some good snacks and uh, 
little daddy daughter uh, Disney bonding. So building some great memories uh, right before the memories of, uh, you know, her first hurricane. Um, uh, first hurricane that that's going to be a direct hit anyway. Um, the last one doesn't count because she was still in utero. So I don't know if you count that. But then again, this is coming from the guy who counts uh, saving a cat from a tree uh, by pulling a cat out of a house that got cut in half by a tree. So uh, my statistics are skewed. I don't know where I'm going with this, but here we are. We got an episode to do, so I'm going to talk to you guys. We can get into a little MMA if you want, if you're into that sort of thing. Let's see. Pull this up here. Let me see which screen size I like. Uh, yeah, let's go with this. All right. So we have coming up, I think it's UFC Vegas 61, UFC Fight Night 211. I still, for the life of me, can't understand uh, why they are numbering them differently. I guess they got to keep track of different things. But Mackenzie Dern. Against Xiaonan Yan. Strawweight matchup here. And I got to say, Mackenzie Dern has looked awesome since moving to strawweight. I'm just pulling up uh, Yan's record here. So she's coming off a split decision loss to Marina Rodriguez. And then a TKO loss to Carla Esparza, the current champ. Um, say what you will about Carla and how she became champ but um in one of the most lackluster fights in ufc history but carlos Esparza is still uh you know one of the top straw weights in the world on any given night so a loss to her is you know nothing to hang your head on hang your head about and before that she had wins over claudia gadelia carolina kovalkiewicz angela hill Anybody else recognizable on here? But that's that just those three in a row is pretty damn impressive. Those are three tough tricks right there. Let's take a look at Mackenzie Dern, what she's been up to. She's been she's been looking phenomenal since moving to straw weight. All right, so split decision win over Tisha Torres in her last fight. Lost the decision to Marina Rodriguez. And then she had four wins in a row. Submitted Nina Nunez. Uh, a win over Virna Jandiroba. A win over Randa Marcos. Submission, that knee bar submission over Hannah Cyphers, which I believe was the first leg lock submission in female UFC history. And before that, the loss to Amanda Hibas. And that was around the time when she was having trouble with the weight. Then... She goes and has herself a kid and all of a sudden is able to make weight and starts fighting better. So go figure. The secret ingredient. Just have a kid. Fixes everything. Trust me. Fixes, you know, nothing really. <laughs> It doesn't fix your bank account. I can tell you that much. 
Um, so yeah, I I think this is a fun. This is a fun fight. Um, a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this fight. But, you know, we are coming off a week off from the UFC anyway. There, there was Bellator. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. But um, not a bad main event coming off of a week off. Uh, not, you know, not the strongest. You're not going to draw in too many casual fans with this one unless they follow Mackenzie Dern on Instagram, which, uh, you know, that's a horse of a different color. Co-main event is interesting. Randy Brown and Francisco Trinaldo. So let me just real quick pull up their last couple of fights. Randy Brown, 32 years old. So he was negative five when Francisco Trinaldo started fighting. I believe little three fight win streak here. Kalen Williams, Jared Gordon and Alex Oliveira uh, submitted Alex Oliveira back in April, 2021. Um, only loss as of late within the last few years was to Vicente Luque, who, you know, is, is still at the top of this welterweight division. In, in my opinion, um, you know, Luke is a tough customer. You're not you're not getting near a title shot unless you get past that guy, um, which he didn't. But then he put together three wins in a row after that. Francisco Trinaldo, man, forty four years old. It's it's insane that he's still doing this. And we're we're gonna talk about y'all Romero in a little bit, who's still doing this at forty five. Um, but again, Yoel's at the at the the higher weight classes, you know, he's fighting up there at 85 and 205. I think his last fight was at 205 because he looked humongous. Um, but to do this, I'm um, Trinaldo fought most of his career at 155. Now he's moved up to 170. Uh, this guy's just been fighting forever. 36 fights, two fight win streak, too. 44 years old. How about that shit? Split decision over Dwight Grant and uh unanimous decision over Danny Roberts. Before that, he lost the decision to Muslim Salikov, and then he had uh three wins in a row before that. And check out the names on this on this win streak. Jai Herbert, John Magdesi, and Bobby Green. At 40 something years old. That's the win streak he put together. Pretty unbelievable. Um you know, as they say, Father Time is undefeated. So, in that sense, I gotta lean towards Randy Brown in this one. But you know, Trinaldo still got some momentum. Forty-four years old. This guy's been fighting for fifty-three years. Somehow, the math checks out. Trust me. But uh, I don't know who you guys got in this one. It's like. I wouldn't put money on Randy Brown just because Trinaldo it just finds ways to win when he shouldn't. Um but yeah, I kind of lean towards kind of lean towards Rude Boy on this one. Honey Barcelos and Trevin Jones. That's a fun one. Let's pull them up real quick. Barcelos 
35 years old, coming off of two losses. All right. Both decisions, though. And Mr. Trevin, five-star Jones, also coming off of two losses. One of them, a submission. So, yeah, uh, pretty evenly matched fight here. Both of these guys, you know, potentially fighting for their job here. So um, that causes some people to fight better and some people fight worse. So we'll see what, this, what the case is for these two. They found an opponent for Sadiq Yusuf, who I believe... Oh, I forgot last week who he was supposed to fight. Oh, Giga Chikadze. Supposed to fight Chikadze. So Yusuf coming off a win against Alex Caceres and a loss against Arnold Allen. No shame in that. Arnold Allen has been absolutely on fire. Um, let's see. His opponent, replacement opponent, Don Shainis, I want to say. Shainis, S-H-A-I-N-I-S. Shainis. It's probably Shainis, but I want to say Shainis. And I say it's probably Shainis because he's from Massachusetts, and that just seems like how they would pronounce it in Massachusetts. Let's see. Mark says... This UFC card is closed to the public and media. Any guesses why? I don't know. If you have a Mackenzie Dern fighting, I would want to. Well, it is at the apex, so um, there's no there's no public allowed at the apex. I don't believe. I think it's just I think it's just people who are friends of the fighters i i don't i didn't know that they didn't allow media i'm not sure why that would be for this fight but um yeah i mean maybe it's a case where like they knew they weren't going to get a bunch of media so they tried to get ahead of it and say like well the media is not allowed so we're just not doing you guys can't come to this one and then it makes the media say like well we want to come when they were never intending to in the first place. Probably some bullshit like that. Uh, let's see. Mike Davis and Vyacheslav Borshashev. Um, okay. Never heard of that guy. M Mike Davis, solid fighter. I saw something where Mike Davis was offering, like, for 10 grand, you could come and corner him and, like, check out the apex and uh, do all this stuff. So he was looking for like a sponsor slash corner man, which, uh, you know, that's a new one. I never heard that one before. Then a uh, heavyweight matchup, Alir Latifi and Alexi Olenek. This one is interesting because you have two guys who are not the most orthodox strikers, but both have super heavy hands. Olenek will just, He'll just sling his hands at you at weird angles just to close the distance um, and grab a hold of your neck and either like take you down or just pull you on top of him. And what's interesting is Latifi, probably one of the highest caliber wrestlers uh, in these heavier weight classes, 
I still don't know that that heavyweight is necessarily the best uh, the best weight for him, even though he's coming off of a win over Tanner Bozier. But three straight losses leading up to that. It'll be interesting to see um, if this fight goes to the ground, how it gets there. I, I mean, Olenek is a great wrestler, but he's 45 years old. Like, does he have, does he still have the chops to take down a wrestler the level of, of Alir Latifi? I would imagine Latifi's going to want to keep this thing standing. Olenek, 45 years old, <laughs> 76 fights. This guy is such an animal. Such an animal. And he's a guy who started his career at 185 i believe now walking around at 244 this is a fun fight and granted i know i'm more into the the grappling matchups than a lot of you guys are um some similar opponents here they both have losses to Derek lewis all in it coming off a win over jared vandera um and three straight losses so they're in the same boat there both one and three um, in their last four fights. And you got to wonder, like, all right, Olenek's 45 years old. He's won one fight in his last four. Like, what's he still doing this for? He just must He must just love competing. Uh, our friend Bruce is here. This card is garbage, period. All right. Opinion acknowledged, Bruce. Uh, Jessica Penne and Tabitha Ricci. This should be a good matchup. Jessica Penne is coming off a win, I believe. Tabitha Ricci, the baby shark, coming off of two wins. Both decisions. She's only got one loss, and it was in the UFC to Manafira, and it was a TKO. So that does kind of bode well for Jessica Penne, uh, who is coming off of a loss to Emily Ducati. Uh, but before that, she submitted Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Um, You know, Jessica Penne has had her ups and downs in the UFC, but if you look at who she's lost to, Ioana Janjacek, Jessica Andrade, um, you know, that's a... That's a rough patch that's understandable, in my opinion. So that could be a fun fight. Uh, Christoph Jocko and Brendan Allen. I don't know for the life of me why this would be on the undercard, uh, but this is a really fun fight. Brendan Allen coming off of two wins, submitted Sam Alvey and uh, defeated Jacob Malkoon in his last fight. And... Jocko, let's see real quick. Coming off of two wins, fought back in April. He beat Gerald Mearshart and uh, has a win over Misha Serkinov. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why this would be on the prelims, especially of a fight night. This is a fun fight. I like this one. I imagine it's mostly going to be a stand-up war. It's like Jocko is one of these guys like 
he's looking for the knockout and like sometimes we'll get knocked out in the search for it which you know those are fun fighters to watch and uh yeah there's a couple more fights on this card so there's that i think it's fun i think um you know i'll definitely be looking forward to watching it uh especially after you know being trapped trapped in my house on on hurricane watch for a few days potentially with no electricity i'll definitely be grateful to uh to watch any fights so i'll i'll appreciate this card when it comes up and then i don't know if you guys caught bellator which took place on the 23rd it was over in ireland uh the main event ben henderson getting a unanimous decision over kevin mcdonald um i mean over Peter Queeley, Kevin McDonald was the referee. Um, it, it was basically a grappling clinic by Ben Henderson, but the one highlight of this was when Benson Henderson kicked Peter Queeley in the face, like from his back. He like pushed himself off the ground with one arm and then threw his foot all the way up to Queeley's neck. Didn't knock him out or, or really rock him hard or anything, but it was, it was an impressive kick for sure. Um, it's cool to see that Ben Henderson still has it in him to, to win a main event. I mean, this dude's been at it for a long time, 38 years old, 41 fights. And uh, that's two wins in a row. He's an example of a guy who, you know, obviously was champion in the UFC, came over to Bellator and people expected him to just run through everybody. And then he wound up having a hard time, especially when he ran into a, Guy by the name of Michael Chandler. I don't know if you ever heard of that guy. <clears throat> what else? Yoel Romero uh, knocked out Melvin Manhoff. And th this has to be one of the most brutal ground and pound knockouts I've ever seen. If you guys haven't seen this one, um, you know, look up the clip of it. First of all, Yoel Romero, like, the guy was always a physical phenom, but he's even bigger than he was in the UFC. Now fighting at 205, he somehow put on more muscle. His, his traps touch his earlobes. Like, the, it looks like his traps are about to swallow his face. Um, It, it doesn't, like... He doesn't have a neck anymore. He's just like he's just like a smiling torso with with gigantic arms and muscles. And he knocked out Melvin Manhoof um brutally. Brutally. It was just he was just standing over him, landing big thudding shots and elbows and it was just some of the heaviest ground and pound you'll ever see. Um, even if you're not into Bellator and you don't care, whatever happens there, go check it out. Um, looking at Romero's record, I'm surprised he's only 15 and six. Like obviously he got into the game late, but it just seems like he would have a lot more fights than that. You know, only 21 fights. Um, it, it seems like he's been around so long, fucking 45 years old. Still beating the shit out of people. 
What a freak of nature that guy is. And then um, just reading the results of this, I saw that Brett Johns had a win over Jordan Winsky. And I had no idea that Brett Johns was in Bellator until I saw this. I didn't see him fight on the card. I only saw the top few fights. Um, but this was news to me because he was coming off of a win against Montel Jackson. Um, and then next thing he's fighting in Bellator in May and he's had three fights in Bellator. I had no clue he was there. And, and if you look at, you know, his rough patch, if you want to call it that he lost a decision to the current champ, Aljamain Sterling, and then lost his next fight after that to Pedro Munoz. But then he submitted Tony Gravely after that and defeated Montel Jackson. And I guess, you know, maybe his contract was up. Maybe they weren't giving him what he wanted. But if anybody knows the story there, how Brett Johns came to be in Bellator, uh, let me know. This is a tough dude. Um, you know, really good on the ground. Really solid jujitsu. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of baffled. Kind of baffled. <laughs> and there's some guy by the name of Animal Wilson. It sounds vaguely familiar says, where the fuck is my invite to this show? You know the real money fight, and that's me. Sorry, Mr. Animal. I uh, I didn't know you were done uh, traveling the world. You've been all over the place to uh, all the Americas and Arubas and wherever else you've been to. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm just trying to knock this one out before we get... Uh, bombarded with hurricane ian here which is the real money fight that i'm going to be dealing with because i'm going to be spending a lot of money uh fighting this hurricane uh in any case i'm sure we'll get jeff back on here uh soon since he's obviously making it known that he wants to make his triumphant return um this month's going to be a little wacky schedule-wise. I'll be honest with you guys. i got a lot of stuff going on. i got some family in town next week. Uh, the week after that, I'll be in New York. And then I have another little trip planned the week after that. So October's, October's pretty much a watch. I'll get in the shows when I can. Um, I appreciate your patience. Uh, if you're unhappy, I'm, I'll gladly give you a full refund of the zero dollars that you pay to listen to this show and, and watch it on the internet for whatever reason that you do. Um, but whatever your reason, I appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate all of you guys, especially those of you who purchase merchandise from our friends at team Reaper. You can get an over the top under the influence tank top t-shirt or hoodie at reaper one.co. As always, I'll put, the uh, links in the show notes. You can use the promo code MMA rocks 10, save yourself 10% on your entire order. Um, there's that. 
And yeah, I'm just gonna go uh you know, get ready to to nail everything to the floor, make sure nothing flies away in this hurricane. Uh I hope everybody stays safe out there. Um and yeah, short little episode this week, but had to get on and and do it, get it all out of the way and uh come talk to you guys. So thanks as always for all the shares, for all the comments, for all the feedback, for all the criticism, uh, even for all the negative comments. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um whatever it is you're taking time away from to come be an asshole to me. Um, I appreciate it. Believe it or not. And that's all I got for this week. So until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.